Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes defeated their nemesis, Gadrin Lamb, but soon after realized a much larger mystery was afoot. After some tense discussion, they returned to a much different Three Lancet Street than they remembered, and began to question the very Harrow Reader whose head they found on Lamb's desk. The Cursed Campaign continues now. Welcome back to the Bestow Curse podcast. We are eight episodes deep, and you guys had some some real reveals last episode. Well, not yet. Well, some some open questions, certainly. Yes. Like many, a many slew of questions. Holy cow. Yeah, I would say throwing a bunch of stuff at us that doesn't really make any sense doesn't constitute a reveal. What's well, revealing that there's more to this adventure than... <laughs> confronting one guy that sold drugs to you or whatever it seems like a technical definition there it's but the sure it's the promise of <laughs> an adventure path a path beyond just the old mercantile building i mean i was having fun with that though yeah why don't we do six more books of you guys living life as villagers angel investors now that we have money oh yeah now that you're super rich <laughs> we can save so many kids now what did that total out to like 35 gold per something close to that yes. yeah so uh you can buy a plus one rune not bad okay i mean that's something we also have three of those though wow <laughs> you guys are rolling it at <laughs> yeah right look out so before we get to the adventure at hand, I do want to do some housekeeping stuff because it has been seven episodes without us really plugging ourselves at all. Wow, yeah. <laughs> without an intro <laughs> or anything. So, hi, we're the Bestow Curse Podcast. We are part of the Hideous Laughter Productions Network, which means this isn't the only show we produce. We produce another show that is in its 150s of episodes playing Carrying Crown in Pathfinder First Edition, that's called the Hideous Laughter Podcast. We also have the Zone of Truth, which happens every other week on the Hideous Laughter Podcast feed. But we've talked about this show on that show quite a bit. So it might be worth your time to go check out the Zone of Truth if you haven't. Just a side note, Hideous Laughter Podcast is explicit. It is far more explicit than this show. <laughs> <laughs> and this one isn't as gothic horror-y, which that one most certainly is. Yes. Yes. We have a Patreon. If you haven't checked it out, you should. There's a community of over 100 people in there that are supporting us and also getting more content. There's content that we have behind a paywall because we're Paizo official partners. We produce the Link Legacy podcast, which right now is 1E modules us rotating game masters and playing through 1E modules, but on the horizon, we'll have some 2E modules, which could yeah. be very fun. We also rotate GMs on the Linked Legacy, so it's stints of somewhere around, what, no more than probably 15-ish episodes per module, and it's a different GM per set of 15. Yeah. And a couple different players, too. And Absolutely. That means you get to hear Griffin play sometimes. That's yeah. fun. 
It is fun. But what's most fun and most relevant to the Bestow Curse podcast is that we launched a goal for another show that is adjacent to this show. So our Patreon is growing, and at $2,000 a month, we will be releasing a show called Ears of the City on this feed, which will be a behind-the-scenes show. We'll talk about how things were converted to second edition. We'll talk about your, you, the players' reactions to some of the things that happened, and I'll discuss some stat blocks. We'll take listener questions. It'll be really cool. So we're very excited for that. If you enjoy this show, consider supporting us. The next thing at hand is how you can get a hold of us, because I know that's very confusing for this show. It's a part of a network, and so the, you can't find us on Twitter at BestowCurse. We're actually active on Twitter at LaughterHideous. We're active on other social media at HideousLaughterPod. We're on Instagram. Our website is TheHideousLaughterPodcast.com. So check some of those things out. We talk about Bestow Curse on our subreddit, Our Hideous Laughter. There's all kinds of places where you can contact us. Now, we do have a special email address for this show, which is bestowcursepodcast at gmail.com. So free for, feel free to send us an email if you want to chat with us. Also, we're partners with a really cool dice company called Die Hard Dice. You can get a discount from them, 15% off your entire order. Right now, the code is CURSE, but we'll keep you guys updated as the code changes. It changes every three months. We got a Discord that's popping, too. And uh, if you want to talk about Bestow Curse with other people who are just as avid as listeners as you, you can go to Curse Discussion on our Discord. And the invite in order to join our Discord, if you're not already in it, should be in every single episode description that we post with the episode itself, both for Bestow Curse and for our Hideous Laughter podcast. So you guys will have access to that Discord invite and you can just click on it and join. Finally, I would be remiss if I didn't give a quick shout out to the community that is all about converting first edition to second edition adventures because they've been a huge help to me in running this. It's called a series of dice base events. You can find their Discord. Uh, and special thanks to users Ollie Bird and Cyrus for converting Curse of the Crimson Throne because uh, it's a huge help. But with all that out of the way, I need to award this episode's hero point. Woo! Now, I awarded one last episode in the episode because of something that was very cool. Yeah. That Haley had done, well, that Mir had done, okay. but this time it's going to Emily for actually killing Gadrin Lamb. Ooh. This, the series of critical crit successes last, <laughs> last episode was incredible. The one to start off the episode that Mir had in order to save the kid, and then the second one when it just, Emily absolutely came through her dice did, I guess, came through with that nat 20 to kill Gadrian. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. And we needed it, too. That combat was so dire. I mean, not for Steve. He got to just kind of chill. <laughs> I, had, I had the time of my life last episode. I got to sit back, relax, 
Let's hang out. What what combat? <laughs> I was spacing out. You guys done? This hero point comes from our friend Thomas, who says, To help you perform your fencing feats, let me tell you about this attack I learned in Gulp. The Bottle de Never. As Nailed soon it. as yeah, right. As <laughs> soon as your opponent says on guard, attack with a coup de roi, I guess. Uh, but with restraint. Then when the fool counterattacks, parry en prime and repost with a vault, swiftly striking your enemy between the eyes. With this technique, I hope you'll be able to impress your mate, mate de arm. Uh, Thomas, I love you giving me so much French. And this. Uh, it's been a long time. I know I butchered that, but enjoy your hero point. I feel like he's Thank used you. that. That's that was very yeah. detailed. That was very detailed. Yeah. I think he's killed someone. <laughs> you know, the the hero point submissions are kind of a don't ask, don't tell. Okay, okay. We're not going to ask you where you got that Look, information. I from. am a murderer. Just don't forget. Not that long ago, someone asked me the best natural way to clean up blood. That's true. I think that was Thomas too. Actually, <laughs> I think that's the second hero point from Thomas. I, I sense a disturbing trend. <laughs> Show all the other submissions quick. Yeah. <laughs> track this guy down. Well, with that out of the way, you are in Zolara's house, and Zolara's spirit has just appeared in front of you, telling you that she guesses she has some explaining to do. And Mir's bag is making shuffling noises. Yes. So Mir's going to open her bag and pull out the shuffling hero deck. Is it just like actively moving? It stopped once her spirit manifested. Oh, okay, okay. Which would lead you to believe that her spirit came out of the deck of cards. Gotcha. Oh. I I imagine if this ghost appears, we're probably all a little going on the defensive. Like, Vex arms go up like he's about to cast an electric arc or something. Obviously, I'm holding off, but that's terrifying. Yeah, so... Zalara would address you. Well, if you have my deck, you must have dealt with Gadren Lamb. Is this correct? Sure is. And it looks like he dealt with you first. Yes, I apologize. I had to uh, tell a bit of a white lie to get you going in the right direction. You wouldn't have followed the directions of a ghost, would you? Probably not. Is the part that I told you about my son going to confront Gadrin to receive my deck? That was true. Gadrin had him killed. But then I went after him myself. And I didn't fare any better. Well, I believe we have what you're after. If you're spirit was restless due to this injustice, perhaps we have just corrected it. You have done me a great service, that is true. But I will not be at rest until I have helped to ease what is undoubtedly coming for Corvosa. A great doom. This city was my home in life, and it is a place in death I still feel I need to protect. You have proven yourselves as 
strong, capable, and worthy of the help I can give. All right. I think we are strong and capable and all those wonderful things you said about us. However, what doom has befallen this city? Give it time and you will see. I have seen it in my cards. Do you know what the doom is? Or do you just feel something? I see the death of thousands, but not precisely what the doom is. What was the reading in the cards that prompted you to believe this? I've consulted my cards many times, many readings, and they all point the same direction. I see an empty throne, an uprising, and a sickness. I'm not sure how to interpret it, but the city is in trouble. Or it will be soon. How can we trust you after you just lied to us? And how'd you even show up here if Gadron had the cards? And you seem to be coming from the cards. I can project my spirit, but I reside in the cards you possess. It is my new home. For now, at least. You should trust me because I helped you all take down an enemy that each of you held. I knew that each of you wanted Gadrin Lamb dead, so I give you the information you needed to take him down. Whether I did that under an illusion or not. So, it would seem you have chosen each of us to perhaps do things in this world that our corporeal bodies can. What would you have us do? You seem to have a vested interest in Corvosa, all of you. Seek out corruption where it lies. Correct injustice when it happens. And always walk the path of the people. Many of you... She looks at Vec and Mir. Have lived this downtrodden. And they will need help in the coming days. As long as you walk this path, I can continue to help you. Um, I don't want to say no to help, so I won't. But what form might that help take? If this is going to be a partnership, I've recently learned that I need to be asking more questions up front. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I'm doing now. Then... I can manifest my power when you find other powerful items to tell you what they do. But I'm limited in this capacity. I can only do it a few times per day. Whoever holds my deck close will find that they succeed after they have failed. And at this, she's referring to the ability of a relic, which is what the deck of cards is. Wow. That's cool. The ability she's referring to is called Recalculate. It gives the holder of the cards a unique reaction. The trigger is you fail an attack roll. 
And the effect is the cards shuffle and change your fate. And you gain a one plus one circumstance bonus to your next attack roll against the target you missed. As long as it's before the beginning of your next turn. Ooh. This is unlimited. You can use this reaction as many times as you like. As many times as you have reactions a turn. Wow. Very nice. That's so That's good. Very exciting. And it, did I hear correctly that if we have items that she might help us identify or like expose parts of... Yes, so mechanically she can identify three items per day. So in those circumstances where you guys maybe fail the like arcana check to figure out what a magic item is or does, or maybe you can't read the magic of a scroll, she can just tell you what it what it is. Okay, so that narrow mechanical uh, identify. I was thinking about like the the knife and the the. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. more for uh, magical items. Okay, yeah. sounds good. Still, that's still that, great. Yeah, that's very handy. I like that. In times of great need, I can manifest and provide a heroine. This will benefit you in some form in your adventure. This will allow you to see what is coming next and be better prepared. And what this means is at the start of every book, she will perform a harrow reading for you that will not only foreshadow the events to come, but also provide you each with a harrow card. Awesome. That is cool. That's great because I think our book one hair reading was pretty dire. Sad. So I, I'd like an, another shot at that. Yes. So <laughs> the hair cards you were given in the choosing of that. I know Vec was the demon's lantern mm-hmm. uh, among others. Uh, those are true hair cards in the fashion that we use them on this show, which is to uh, either force me to re-roll, allow you to re-roll a, a roll, or uh, let you roll a d30 in the case of a neutral card. So, Vec with the Demon's Lantern has an evil harrow card. Diego with the Cricket has a good harrow card. Mir with the Peacock has a neutral harrow card. And Sylvie with the Dance has a good harrow card which you are now free to use. Is there anything else you wish to know? Yes. Do you happen to have a preference on what we do next? Like, I know you want me to seek out corruption and correct injustice, but is there an immediate way to do so? Gadrin Lamb had some other horrible things in his possession that we were going to rectify, but if there's a more pressing need for our services somewhere that you know about, I'm open to a little input from your end. Nothing in my readings has shown me an exact path, but I believe it is fated for it to come your way. Vague, but I guess... We're dealing vagaries these days. We have a ledger and other evidence of wrongdoing. Perhaps turning those into the right people would be correcting an injustice that has happened in the past. 
Yes, this would be a step in the right direction. And she looks like she's about to say something, but then you hear a quick succession of knocks on her door and her spirit just like it looks like she's getting sucked into a vacuum as it retreats back into the deck of cards. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. Alright, we're in a dead woman's house. Which one of us looks closest to a familial connection to her to try to I don't know, I don't know who this could be, right? I don't want to say like we could at least say we're like family trying to help clear out the area. I can't. It can't be me. And it can't be Diego. The only problem with it being Sylvie is she has no bonus to deception. She would roll at a plus zero. So uh, mine's a lot higher than that. Yeah. I'm into it. All right. <laughs> what is our story though? I I think you're you got to be some sort of distant relative. Okay. Clearing out or came to visit, found it abandoned. Something maybe like that. I, I Let's, we're just trying to understand what happened yep, too. Yep. Go hide somewhere. I'll try and take care of this. If if I say the code word Demon's Lantern, y'all better come help me. <laughs> yes, that is a normal thing to bring up in conversation. I'll work it in. <laughs> we will not travel too far. The door uh, several more knocks at the door. What are y'all still doing here, Git? All right, Mir quickly uh, runs behind a large piece of furniture, pulls out her bow, and also, you know, nudges Fig- Figgy to come with her. Diego cr- jumps onto the couch and curls up like an actual cat. <laughs> <laughs> no, a closet somewhere. Sylvie's going to hide behind a tall curtain. Okay, go ahead and maybe stealth checks. <laughs> I'm also going to take the crossbow off my back and, like, Toss it under the couch or somewhere. Among the debris. Yeah. I got a 19. Okay. 13. 17. If those stealth checks are in stone, Beck's going to open the door. Okay. Who does he see? Upon opening it, a large-eyed woman in a green gown kind of sheepishly waves at you and introduces herself. She, she hands you a card and you look at it it says Ziva Foxglove and has an address to the Green Market in South Shore you see in between her legs a Careful. a gray tabby cat looks very familiar to the one you saw in the alley yeah uh, hello there I've been waiting for my friend Zalara to return home, but I've not seen her in many days. When I notice people other than her enter her home, I grew worried, and she looks at the bulge behind the curtain, looks (laughs) at the foot sticking out behind the couch, uh, looks at the ajar closet door. Um, I'm, I'm... well aware that four of you entered the building. <laughs> we tried. Good, good afternoon, Miss Foxglove, I presume. Yes. I just came here to light my demon's lantern. <laughs> 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 no, 
Uh, I'm kidding. I'm Everyone stay hidden. It's a bluff. It's a bluff. <laughs> Uh, I guess me and my friends must have been found out. Full disclosure, I was going to lie to you, but I don't know a whole lot about my present situation. Well, I, uh, I appreciate your candor, and uh, yes, I'm, I'm Ziva Foxglove. Uh, Pleasure to meet are. you. I'm, I'm Vicarus Railby. You can call me Vec, though. And she shakes your hand. And as the rest of you slowly sneak out of your position, she would wave at you as well uh, and introduce herself. Um, If you don't mind me asking, what's your association with Zalara? What are you doing in her home without her? Does she seem put off at all that the home is covered in cobwebs and dust and stuff? She seems concerned. Okay. Well, that's the thing. We had been summoned by this Miss Laura um, to help her out with some things. We took care of those things. And, uh, now we're here. By the way, this is my friend Diego. This is Mayor and Sylvie. Hello. Uh, yeah, Mir would just kind of wave, and that's where I feel as though she would also very cautiously make sure that the hero cards are behind her back, because those were certainly pulled out. Mm-hmm. And, and Miss Foxglove, what's your relation to, to Zalara? She, she never mentioned knowing someone of your... Uh, does she look rich? Yeah. Social standing? Uh, so... Zalara and I go way back. She, um, I came to her for arrow readings. We're old friends. <laughs> That's actually why I've been trying to reach her. I have a arrow-related issue that I was hoping she could help me figure out, but <laughs> clearly she hasn't been here in some time. No, she hasn't. Do you happen to know where she's went? Where she's gone? Can Sylvie do a society or nobility lore to know more about this woman and her family? Sure. Uh, either. I'd also like to... They would give you different things. Okay, can I do them? Yes, you can do them separately. Can I also do a perception just as like kind of a replacement of sense motive? Yes, absolutely. I'd like to do one as well. I've got a bad perception, but I might as well roll it. And I'm glad I did. I got a 18 on the die. That takes it to a 22. 25. Nice. With those sense motives, you think she's being truthful. Uh, however, she's maybe she's maybe not giving you the full story yet. Okay. Sylvie got a 13 on the society check and then a 19 on nobility lore. A 13 on the society is enough to know that in the context of Corvosa, the green market is a pretty popular and prosperous marketplace. And Mm -hmm. you know that Ziva Foxglove runs it, owns it. So she is pretty rich. Yeah. You would also know that 
the Foxgloves are a noble family out of Magnamar. And there was a great tragedy that befell her family. Her and her brother Aldern were two of the remaining Foxgloves after most of her family died in a kind of freaky way. So she's probably distanced herself from Magnamar at this point. All right. Miss Foxlove, it, it has been some time since we have seen our friend Zolara. Although we were beginning to get quite close to her, maybe we could help you out. What What's the nature of this harrow issue you had? I suppose me coming in the middle of the night I owe you an explanation. Do you mind traveling with me as we talk? Doesn't look like there's really (laughs) anywhere to sit down in here. And my market can't really do without me for too long, even if it's not open right now. The market is closed and she insists we go there because it can't survive without her. Okay, sus. But I'm willing to follow if everyone else will. Yeah. All right, then. The rest of you. What do you think? Do we follow Miss Foxglove back to her market? I can walk and talk. Great. And then I have a space where we can talk in private. Diego nods. And so with some agreement, she walks briskly down the cobbled street with you in tow and as well as her cat kind of trotting along the cat figured along good question I'd say yes <laughs> Figgy's curious about the cat but uh, knows to leave it alone I, it, it all began after I heard about a Parisian caravan parked outside the city the vagabonds had lost everything to bandits, and my marketplace is so profitable now, I can afford to share my bounty with those who fate mistreats. I brought them some produce, and in return, their fortune teller offered me a harrow reading. Um, at this, you notice her face kind of drop, and her rosy complexion grows a bit pale. The spread foretold good fortune, almost to excess. That is, until she turned up the Yellow Prophet. A legendary lost card. Although, I I didn't know that then. Its appearance upset the soothsayer. She said the card required that four more cards be drawn. And she did so hastily, giving me hardly any insight. What I've learned since is that each of these cards portends a dark fate, a disaster. She pauses here and walks in somewhat silence for a while, and you approach a large open-air building after you've crossed the bridge from Endrin Isle to the mainland. And this building is probably so named because of its green shingled roof but it's this promenade you know over a hundred feet 
of roofed space with large stands that look like they're shut for the day. But there is an area that is walled and appears to be an office, and she invites you inside. Please uh, come in. I'd prefer to discuss this further in private. And she produces a deck of cards from her handbag as you all sit and gather around her large oak desk. It seemed the fortune teller was hiding something, so I obtained my own hero deck and researched the card's meanings. But I'm still in the dark, and my own auguries tell me time is running short. I was hoping to find Zalara home, since she's offered me guidance and divinations in the past, but seeing as you're associates of hers, I'd ask you help me determine where these calamities will strike, or failing that, track down the fortune teller so she can explain her strange behavior. And she produces four cards. These are the cards that were pulled after the yellow prophet. Uh, the cards are the cricket, the betrayal, the unicorn, and the empty throne. I've tried to piece together the the meaning of these cards, I think it might be beyond their normal interpretation to figure out how or where these calamities are going to strike. Well, unless my friends are hiding some talents that I'm not familiar with, or they've been keeping secret from me, I don't know that any of us are proficient card readers like Zalara was thought maybe if there was a little bit more direct messaging we could help you solve a problem but I can't tell you what the unicorn cricket betrayal and empty throne mean I've done my research from a harrower's perspective but I was hoping maybe you could catch something I've overlooked hmm perhaps we need some time alone with the cards call Zalara to finish her explanation could be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe we first ask her. I think that's a great, a great idea. Okay. But maybe we first ask her what she knows about the cards, and then we say, "Now give us time alone to discuss." And if we can put some 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 sort of meeting together, fantastic. If not, then Zalara. Okay. So you said you went out of your way to buy your own deck. Take a look here. Maybe learn a thing or two. Do you know traditionally what these four cards by themselves might mean? Uh, traditionally, the betrayal can either mean selfishness or self-sacrifice or a choice between the two. The cricket is a card for quick-witted travelers, some of whom find glory while others return empty-handed. And the unicorn uh, is it promises rewards from a friend. But some friends are false, and some prizes are poison, so it can be interpreted either way. Uh, the Empty Throne represents those who are gone, or a ghost of the past that has taught important lessons. But those interpretations don't really give me any clues as to where the disasters might strike, or what the connection is between them. Have you had any evidence of the beginnings of a disaster happen, or you are still worried about this 
lingering out there in the future? Uh, no evidence yet. Nothing's really been going on from my personal perspective. Most people don't get wealthy overnight. Did you happen to make any enemies on the way? Sounds like a ghost of the past. That's maybe a former friend. I tend to think I'm relatively well-liked. I don't have any enemies that are vocal to me. I didn't make all of this wealth owning the green market. I'm a foxglove, and the death of my family left me with quite a fortune. So family enemies, then? My family wasn't killed. At least not by somebody not in the family. That's a topic I'd prefer not to discuss. All of this started with the drawing of the Yellow Prophet. Maybe that is the key. What does this card mean? Oh, it's a chilling card to be sure, and not one that appears in a standard hero deck. It depicts a fortune teller clad in black and yellow. My research says it signifies false presumptions and self-fulfilling prophecies. There's no copy of it in my current deck, but I'd love to find that fortune teller to study it in depth. I've never seen it before. I find it curious that a fortune teller was the one who pulled this for you. Seemed to have been a traveler with some wit as well, too. There are things maybe that line up with the person who drew these for you. Yes, that's what I'm asking you to not only help stop these disasters, but find the fortune teller that drew the prophecy. Let's take a look for a second, see if we can puzzle this out ourselves. Now, I know my friend here, Mia deals in magics that do not reveal themselves to me. I've got my own hand in the divine. Um, I think maybe we could puzzle together something, hopefully. And this is me as a player putting it out here. Are there any roles that we could make to maybe learn some insight or figure this out? Sure. For the betrayal, I would accept a society or a lore corvosa slash nobility check. Local legend lore? Uh, that'll work. Okay. <laughs> Anything else for the other ones? Are we going to do one at a time? We'll do one at a time. I don't get it at a nine. Society at a 14 or Sylvie? You don't really know. You could roll nobility, Sylvie, if you want. All right, I'll do that. Ooh, that one is a lot better with a 21. Yeah, you know that among Corvosan harrowers, the betrayal is known as Viamia's Kiss, named after Lord Amorous Viamio, the city's most infamous traitor. If you're trying to think of a location, only one building in Corvosa still bears his legacy, and it's called Traitor's Muse in Old Corvosa. It's a dilapidated old manor. That might be a place to start. Are we talking just amongst ourselves now, or are we still all in a big group? We didn't ask her to leave or anything. Okay. Yeah, I think we're all still together because we wanted to go through each card with the different magics that we knew. 
Oh, okay. With, with that society check, would she know what this guy did to be so reviled by the city of Corvosa? He started what's called the Cousins' War, although oh, much beyond that is a little beyond her grasp. Sure. That, that gives me a lot more context, even though I don't know what that is as a person or probably as a player uh, or a character. Um, that helps put it in context a little bit. Yeah, Sylvie, you would know a little bit about the Cousins' War, just that it was basically a huge conflict amongst the noble houses in Corvosa and shook up who the major players are. She holds up this card and shares the information with the party. If we are going to do an investigation, there is a place called the Traitor's Muse. This could be a starting point to investigate the infamous Traitor of Corvosa. All right, no idea how you know that, but let's keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> I have been trained in school. I have my education of the nobles. Amorous Viamio was a noble who started a horrible war, the Cousins' War. Right, right. And you say that's tied to this particular card? It is a prominent betrayal. I do not know if this is a direct correlation, but it is a place to start. Yeah, and you know that you know that bit about the harrowers specifically in this city call the betrayal card Viamia's Kiss. Okay. All right. Well, potentially we have a location. We have three other cards on the table. Let's look at the next one. So for the cricket, I would take crafting or religion. I can try religion, I guess, untrained. Right? That doesn't harm anything. Okay. I can try it. I got a little bonus. Oh, uh, <laughs> I rolled a two. I got a 13. Yeah, you're trying to put together what's going on with the cricket, but no locations really come to mind. Oh, it's nothing on the cricket. Unicorn? For unicorn, I would allow a society or lore nobility check. Sylvia is very vital. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Has the knowledge as you need. All right. Nobility this time is a 10 and society is an 18. With the society check, you're puzzling at Unicorn, and then you remember because it's. You walk past it to go to Orsini Academy. There's a tavern called the Frisky Unicorn. <laughs> it's a bed and breakfast, and uh, it's in the Heights District. You know that noble foreigners usually stay there because it has pseudo dragons that nest in the turret. And so it's like it's an attraction. It's a very popular place for people that don't live in Corvosa to stay. So she's looking at this card for a little while, thinking about it, thinking about it, and then her eyes light up and she jumps a little bit with her knowledge. Ah, I might know where this card 
is referring to. There's a tavern, a tourist trap, really, that I pass quite often on my way to school. It is called the Frisky Unicorn. There are many foreign nobles who stay here. Okay. It's a little something. Could be a lead. We got one more on the table. So for the empty throne, that'll be a society check. All right, I got to roll high. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Oh, I did not. Only an eight. I would actually allow Vec and Mir to roll on this untrained. Just completely no bonus untrained? Fourteen. Yep. Nine. Mir, you remember the paper that you and Vec were discussing at his last haircut? Uh, And you recall that King Eodred not only has been rumored to be sick, but hasn't been seen in the public eye for over a month. This card might be referring to the poor king that we haven't seen. Maybe it's an omen. It also fits with what Zolara was telling us. Are you saying that out loud? I mean, yeah, we've t- already said, right? No. We've talked to, said that we were partners with her. Yeah, the only thing we said was that, like, last we haven't seen her for a while. We were pretty vague about it. I feel like that's a safe thing to say. Because, like, we... I don't know. Maybe you guys disagree. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't know how revealing that is, saying that we've talked to her relatively recently. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have to tell them the timeline, but... <laughs> yes, I said that out loud. Okay. Maybe this is part of a bigger problem. If Solara saw the Empty Throne, too... Would that we could talk to her. I wonder where she's gone. Looks like she's moved out. How long ago was it you were saying you... She told you this? Because I've... Namita and I've been... Watching her house for... Some time. It's been a while. Like how long? (laughs) How long you been watching the house? can't quite remember it's been it's been quite a while that's kind of why we've been checking in on her and and you walked right into an empty home wanted to see about evidence maybe there was a struggle all right we didn't see it we just saw lots of cobwebs so then we stayed to talk about a plan on how we could help find her Notably, Zolara isn't popping out of the backpack. Correct. So, like, I don't know what their relationship was. That's why she it could makes show you feel up like if she wanted she to. She doesn't want to come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, regardless, very distressing. Uh, we've got two locations. We know potentially the king's in danger or has been in danger for some time. Oh, dear. All right. But let's let's refocus here. Who exactly was this woman that you got the harrowing from? Uh, never got her name, and I think she and her troop vanished from Corvosa a few days ago. But uh, she was a Varesian half elf, uh, scraggly black hair, and she had rotten teeth. 
That should be at least a good enough description to maybe ask around. No name provided of the troop or her? No. And when you say ask around, I mean, Corvos is a certainly large city. Is there a particular place where she might have stayed or her troop put up residence? Uh, like I said, I, I think they've left town. But the cards seem to have given you a place to start, at least. All right. So we've got two locations. Trader's News and the Frisky Unicorn. It would be good to inquire there if they've seen a woman by this description. Yo, you've seen this girl with the bad teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Do you all have any other questions? I'm trying to think of some, but I don't know. Oh, uh, you could ask her if she has anything that she can do to aid us with her, like, influencer power in our search. Okay. Now, Miss Foxglove, we can go ahead and start trying to track down the source of your problems, or rather your future problems, I guess. What can you do to aid us in this quest? Perhaps there's some reward for saving your business? Certainly, I'll give you a reward if you figure it out or find the fortune teller. I could do my own research, but I'm quite busy with operating the market. So there's not really much I can do in the way of assisting you as you investigate. All right. What I will tell you is I'm probably not going to be able to get you an audience with the king. I'm not that influential. <laughs> Very fair, very fair. Might be best to tackle the other disasters. Would this be a good place to come find you? And if so, what are your hours? Yes, I'm always at the green market. Uh, we operate hour past dawn to dusk. Okay. okay. And usually, if you come at dawn, people will be setting up. Do you want us coming during the day? Or is this something that you want to keep hidden? Uh, come to me whenever you whenever you have information. I'd be happy to hear it. When you figure stuff out, just let me know. Alright, Vecca looked to, to his three companions. Now keep in mind it is getting a little light. A lot going on here. I think a tavern might be hopping right now. Might be a good time to ask around. Now, Sylvie did say it was a bed and, bed and breakfast, so it's not oh, like it's, your traditional Oh, I got it, time. got it, got it. Okay. Well, if we're tackling one tonight, then, I would guess Trader's Muse, if we need to wait for during the day or breakfast or brunch time to hit the uh, Frisky Unicorn. Trader's Muse was a manor, correct? So we could maybe, like kind of case the place, but I, I feel like it would be, ex like, we can't just burst in. It is in the bad part of town, so we'll have to see when we get there, but it right, might be good to tackle that when there are less people around. I guess, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's on Vec and Mir's way home, anyway. It's on old Corvosa. Okay. Well, if that's where your characters would like to head... And before we leave, Mir would just say, One thing I've known 
is when you seek out to stop something that's in motion, sometimes you further it along. Are you sure you want to keep going through with this? Yes, if it'll stop whatever danger is in the cards for me or my market, I'd prefer to to stop it or, or at least figure out what's going on with this yellow prophet. Just know you might be causing it. We're happy to help, especially if there's a reward, but... Well, usually with the Yellow Prophet, the things that are in the cards are going to happen one way or another, but it would be good to get out ahead of them. I'm hoping you can minimize the disasters, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, sounds like we'll try. Trader's Muse, then? Scale. I... So I'm going to roll over the society check that you made or the nobility check that you made to to know where you can find this place. Oh, crap, guys. We didn't ask what the reward was. What moment? Five gold. (laughs) So you approach. You cross the bridge to Endron Isle. And wedged among the many tiered tenements that clog Corvos's poorest district, this rambling black brick manor house has been claimed by displaced families. The wary eyes of countless waifs, beggars, and other people in tattered clothes peer through shattered windows, their spirits as weathered as the building itself. At this point, I would allow another society check. Or a, I guess it would be like mercantile lore. Oh, yeah. Mercantile <laughs> lore. Oh, no. Natural one. That ain't good. Not gonna do it. Oh, Sylvie gets a 15 for society. You know that Corvosa's government decreed that this building be left permanently vacant as a cautionary lesson about its owner. So... This building is not owned by anyone, which is why it has been claimed by the beggars here, which you know as a Corvosan are referred to as the empty, which references their lack of opportunities and the lack of concern most Corvosan society holds for their well-being. Corvosan dream truly is dead here. Sylvie shares this information as we are approaching the manor, saying, This building stands empty as a lesson for what the traitor did. It has been claimed by the empty, but it has no formal owner. The wide front doors are open, allowing you to enter into a formerly opulent entry hall that is now filled with piles of straw and rags that serve as chairs, as well as the tattered sacks where its residents keep their meager possessions. You think that from the windows and and looking at all this stuff in here, there might be as many as 100 people in here just crammed into this manor house. From the outside, it looked like there were at least two floors. 
100 people crammed into here. Just like gut check, how many should be living comfortably here? I know it's like a rich person's house, but like if you had a normal, it's a it's a manor house. I mean, there's probably a servants' quarters and like uh, opulent living areas, so it would probably be the wealthy family of ten, and then you know, ten more servants maybe. So at most 20. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing like sacks of stuff on the ground being used as beds in an area that's not a bedroom, obviously. Okay. What do we see? Like, how are the people around here? What do they look? I'm worried. This is a, a ton of people all in one room, mm. all all in one house, 100 people where 20 should be. And that's... Think about the Black Plague. Dirt, disease, rats everywhere. Tons of stuff all over. She mentioned sickness. Uh, Zolara, I mean, mentioned sickness. What do, I, what do I see as far as, like, the people? People in rags. I mean, there's certainly, like, person or two in the corner, like, coughing. <coughs> but they just look dirty and destitute. Could we spend some time maybe gathering information from people around here or either that or like fully check out the house? Sure, make me a diplomacy check to gather information. I will definitely be doing that. Why not? I don't think a lot of people want to talk to a large cat man because I have a five. Yeah, you people shy away from you immediately. You can't even start a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Eleven. I'm rolling terrible tonight. Yeah, I got a nine. Sylvia's having trouble talking to people in this state. She's not used to seeing something like this. I rolled a natural one, so that's a four. Nobody seems to want to give you the time of day. So you begin exploring the building. Yeah. People shy away from you. You smell what smells like smoke. So go ahead and place yourselves on the map. You're in this kind of white floored entry hall. Uh, And coming from the south is the smell of smoke and maybe like the residual smell of food. So opening the door here, there are far less people. You can tell that this is a kitchen. And there's a woman maybe in her late 20s early 30s she's washing what meager dishes and cooking utensils there are and there's remnants of a cooking fire there's a small child uh, a boy uh, that's kind of like clinging to her ratty pants he kind of recoils every time she accidentally splashes him with a little bit of dish soap. When she hears the door open, she glances behind her. Oh, you're new here. You don't look the type to to be wanting to take up residence with us. Well, what can I do you for? I'm, I'm Sora. Sora. 
pleased to meet you. My name's Vec. This is Sylvie, Mia, and Diego. We'd like to ask you a couple questions if you'd be so kind. Sure. Uh, what do you need to know? We've got a friend who's in a bit of trouble, and unfortunately, she doesn't know the direction trouble's coming from, but heard a rumor that bad things might be coming out of this manor. Now, I'm not insinuating anybody here is up to no good. That's none of my business, nor hers. However, have you experienced anything out of the ordinary lately? Some troublemakers might be by that you don't know, aren't familiar with? Can't say we have. Uh, Things have been difficult, certainly, for us, but no, no real trouble. Uh, no one really bothers us here. Have you seen a woman come by, a uh, a half-elf of Verisian descent with scraggly hair or maybe rotten teeth? Um, we see plenty of folks with rotten teeth. Hard to say. Her son clings closer to her worn pants. Make a perception check. Yeah. Fifteen. Sixteen. Uh, I really, really am watching the kid, apparently, because I got a twenty-seven. Ooh. Oh. The nat twenty. You crushed it. Yeah, I'm thirteen. His eyes look full of worry. And you notice her kind of pull him closer to her as if to reassure him. I think she's probably not giving you all the information you're asking for. Mir will direct the next set of questions maybe towards the kid. What about you, little man? Have you seen anyone like that? You can make me a diplomacy. I'll try. Seven. Uh, It's a flat die roll for me. He buries his face in his mother's side. Now directing at the mother. Why does he seem so worried about that? He got more scared just us mentioning a woman of that description. He's just having a rough day. That's all. Todd raising a kid in these kind of conditions. Seems like there are plenty of rough days to go around these days. Ain't it the truth? Are you the the cook for this manor? Do you prepare food for everyone here? Uh, when when I can, when resources allow, I'm I'm something of a group leader here. Although we don't really have any formal need for leadership, but people come to me for their needs. Have you had any newcomers? People come and go. One day a beggar picks enough pockets to move himself into a better place than this, and we never see him again. Next day someone loses all their money in a tavern brawl and ends up on the floor here. How do you afford to feed all these people? Or do they contribute to... 
providing for everyone? More often than not, we don't. We try our best, uh, scrounge for whatever food we can find, some of the markets, uh, things that might go off otherwise. Sometimes people can be kind. This might be completely off topic. I don't know. Can I just make a perception check to see what they're eating or what they're like? She's cooking stuff, what that is. Yeah, you don't really need a perception check. It's what's left over. looks like the tiniest bit of meat and mostly like moldy bread and that kind of stuff. Okay. And it looks like there's a stew that might have been boiling for years. One of those like constant. One of the, yeah, like the oh, ever okay. the ever stew or whatever they. Where you they constantly have. just add mm-hmm. a little bit to yeah. it when you have it. Yeah. So like this just disgusting kind of gruel. Sylvie uh, kind of digs through her backpack and she has some trail rations, which is not probably the highest quality of food, but she's going to pull out half of what she has and uh, take it up to the woman. I do not have much with me that I can offer you, but I think it would do more good here than it would with me. And she hands over the food. Make me a diplomacy. A seven. I certainly appreciate the gesture. And she hands it to her boy. He needs it more than I. But if that's all you, you have, that's about all I can tell you. We try to keep to our own in here, so if you're not staying, I... I think we have to look around, see if maybe someone matching that description's here. I know you said you didn't see her, but if truly there's there's something horrible that might happen here, and she might know something, we've got to find her. So, we're gonna take a look around before we head. Alright, there's... uh... Certainly won't stop you from poking around and just try not to disturb people as they sleep. I know she knows something else. I just. I you can, can intimidate. You can uh, have your charismatic character roll a diplomacy. I was going to say, yeah. I can't do anything. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, that's I'll, helpful. I'll step in here. Now, miss, this might go a long ways to changing your mind about what you remember and maybe it might go a long ways to getting some more people fed, your boy included but I recently did come into some coin. I was going to spend it on myself but it looks like some of you might need it more than I he pulls out a gold piece his coin don't come free though I need something now I will go spend it on myself I'm going to get drinks tonight but maybe I don't if it goes to you instead and gets people fed. Are you sure you or your boy didn't see anybody matching that description? Or anything else? Or, or anything <laughs> else? Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, uh, roll a diplomacy. Alright. Still rolling kind of bad tonight, but that could do it at a 16. That's awful generous of you. Yeah. We try not to out other people that stay here, but there was a woman matching that description named Goldtooth. 
Uh, she was a Zani criminal. Uh, she impersonates a harrower. Uh, but uh, for, as far as I know, she fled Corvosa after trying to cheat some fancy lady from overseas. Uh, but I've heard she... Re well, she returned here with some mercenaries and took over a room upstairs and insisted that we all leave her alone. And she kind of nudges her boy off her leg. Go on. Tell him what you saw. This is my son, Thomas, by the way. Hello. Um, I went upstairs to... I was curious. I wanted to see what she was doing. I saw her looking at a big map and writing lots of things really fast. Uh, but she saw me and she yelled at me to get out. Her friends had swords. She's scary. Um, I don't think they're there right now. Meaning they're not there presently. Or they left the city with her? Uh, they're not there presently, I think. Well, well, well. And did you recognize maybe the landmass on that map? <laughs> You're asking like a six-year-old kid. Absolutely, <laughs> I am. No, Geography class. No, I didn't. Perhaps their documents are still there. Maybe they meant to return. There could be things in that room that would help us. Think you might be able to tell us which room this was? Uh, they were up in the attic. The attic. All right. Now, I think that's where we're going to want to go to check out. Is there anything you're leaving out, no matter how tangential? Anything that jogs your memory now? Now would be the time to tell us. No. No, um, I feel bad taking this coin. Is there anything else we can help you with? Don't feel bad taking the coin if you're using it to feed people. I was going to give you the coin anyway. And he flips it to him. You know, if she read you about harrowing, some of us aren't fakes. I could tell you what, what her reading really meant. Some of us. Well, actually, that you mention it, I would like to know what her heroine meant, and we do know which cards were drawn. So then I guess we would relay that to them. Are, are they insinuating it's this woman, Sora, who can do it, or is it somebody else in the building? Uh, Sora can interpret, can potentially interpret one or more of the cards. So if you present the cards and kind of what your thinking was she would point out that on the cricket the icons on the card are symbols of Desna uh, stars, moons, and planets and if you express that you're looking for locations mm -hmm. she would say those all feature prominently in the architecture of Kendall Amphitheater, which is the city's largest performance venue. Mm. Well, okay then. 
What about the unicorn? That's the other one we didn't know anything about. She would agree with uh, your assessment on the unicorn. Oh, wait, we did know stuff about that one. Whoops. Yeah, you know stuff about all the rest. Yeah. Okay. Time to go up the stairs. Sure. The stairs lead up, and this ramshackle attic is filled with knickknacks of all sorts. Most of it has been thoroughly scavenged for anything of value, leaving rat-chewed paintings, shards of porcelain, and cobwebs. On the far end of the attic, a crate serves as a makeshift desk, holding a stack of papers and an inkwell. You see a flyer nailed to the wall above the desk. The window beside the crate is shattered, letting in cold air from the night outside. Go ahead and make me a perception check. Fifteen. Nine. Twenty-one. Twenty-five with a natural twenty. Nice! As you proceed into this room, Sylvie, you put your arm out. Tell everyone to pause. You see a tripwire running along the ground. What? Tread carefully. There is a wire here. The room is trapped. Can she see what it leads to? Is this like an alarm or something that would fall on us? You could use a thievery check to um, to figure out how the mechanism works. Alrighty. Oh, that is a nine. You're not really sure? It looks like it leads up. She points it out if anybody else wants to make a check. She's just looking kind of confused. I have untrained. I could roll untrained, but could we also just step over the wire, potentially? Since you've seen it, yes. You could just step okay. over it. Yeah, let's do that. Somebody carry Figgy over. <laughs> it's a little too close to the ground. Mir would obviously take care of Figgy. Um, so, what you find on the other side of the attic is a a bunch of papers that collectively form a copy of an infamous poisoner's handbook called the Deleterious Grimoire. Go ahead and make me a perception check. Ooh, nat one. Nine. Eleven. Sixteen. Vec, you discover two listings have been circled. Uh, one is a potent ingested poison called Crocodile's Tears. And another is a protective alchemical substance called Blackfinger's Paste. As you read about them, sounds like Crocodile's Tears kills in minutes when ingested. And Blackfinger's Paste is something poisoners use. They put it on their fingers and it allows them to apply poisons without risk of poisoning themselves. However, the book notes, it lasts, it lingers on the fingers. Mm. Okay. I don't know that that helps us immediately. However, I can put two and two together and say that if we see somebody with black fingers later, we know they're tied to this. Yes. Yes. Does it look like there are components of any of these... Um, substances in the attic 
There don't appear to be. Okay. I think in the flavor text, you described a flyer over the desk. I don't know if that was made up a part of this grimoire thing, or is that something completely different? Yes. Although this big map is nowhere to be found, the flyer above the desk is a playbill advertising the gambler's tragedy as performed by the Andorin chameleons at Kendall Amphitheater. One phrase is circled. Marvel at their breathtaking disguises. <gasps> and with that, I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Oh, oh man. I know where we're going. To the theater. <laughs> <laughs> The Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.